UFC celebrates 205. We celebrate in 200. Break out the bubbly. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Because it's time to prove fighting is easier from outside the cage while celebrating 200. No, no, we're not celebrating 200 yet. That's next week. Uh, I was looking forward to listening to like a ton of voicemails. And no, dude, that's next week. I don't we, have anything prepared. We are no, I you have time to prepare something. It is UFC 205. We've got plenty to talk about there, so we're going to get to our good friend Joey Foddy coming back. However, we should have planned it. No, we have planned it. It's a thing. It's going down next week. We will record our 200th episode. And then it'll be up next week. This is 199, Kevin. You're coming here next week. I am. I'm going to be in Denver in a few short days. And then we're going to train a whole bunch. Um, We're going to eat a whole bunch. Yeah. Do some uh, great promotional material for the website and for the podcast. And then Kevin has told me that I'm supposed to have fun at some point. And I... I, I'm not for that just yet. I've been told I need to, and that I'm supposed to. I, you know, we're holding out hope. No one's we'll gonna see. force. You know, um, I might just squeeze. Uh, who knows? Sometimes I drop mile high mints in people's coffee and say it's. <laughs> I, I oh wow! Spruce peppermint. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> oh shit! You never I forget know. that I'm on your turf now. So it's like, yeah, you can do those things. I'm gonna be like, hey, can I get some water? And you'd be like, oh, <laughs> Raph, all of these cups are made out of weed. I'd be like, well, okay. Did you, did you drop? There's acid? a lot to uh, look forward to. Out mm. here in Mile High City, you're going to get to train at some altitude. You're going to get to uh, see if – this is the nice part. We're going to get to see some local parts of Colorado too. Like, um, they've got some good training up in Boulder. Got some good training down in Castle Rock. So, so Tell me this. Is the altitude training real? I believe it is, yes. Yeah. And I notice it when I come to you or I go yeah. to Kansas City. Up here, it kind of always feels like a little bit of an uphill battle pending the night. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, you kind of get tired. I mean, <laughs> when you're cons- if you're having a day, yeah. so I do absolutely notice it, but when I go to Kansas city, like I can roll five to nine rounds pretty comfortably in here. I'm like by four and five, there's moments I need to take a breather. Otherwise I'll get over here. Sure. Sure. Cause I had somebody, a friend say, I don't know if I believe this whole elevation thing and i was like them mm-hmm. first when you get back. okay <laughs> okay Roll with them first and be like how do i feel and they're like jesus <laughs> what, are you, what, what are you doing it's like i've been out dude that's good to know so uh kev what is it that people can do in celebration for our 200th episode next week Seven zero three. Get out your pens and papers and phones. I don't oh, wow. care if you're driving. Do it while you're driving. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Bonus points if you're driving. No, don't do it while you're driving. No, don't. Do <laughs> you it can always stop, re-listen. You know what? I'll put it in the notes of the show, so it'll be right there. Sure. Seven zero three six three five two one six eight. You call. You leave a voicemail. How long should it be? Twenty to thirty seconds. What happens if it's longer than that? It will be great for me to listen to. 
it will be difficult to find locations for spot wise. Mm, okay. Maybe. I mean, pending. We're all. Here. I mean, for the most part, we're just not going to put it on. But hey, if it's you know great, but trust your instincts. You know, think about sure. how long you'd want to listen to a voicemail. It's like thirty to forty-five, and you've 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 surpassed your limit, at least with me. I mean, that's a rule I have with family. Yeah. Like you have to have given birth to me to get the full two minute attention oh, wow. span. Seven zero three six three five two one six eight. Veering a sharp right from that conversation, we are going to talk a lot about UFC two hundred five. Yes, and uh, we are also going to reference uh, right up top of that conversation a meme that one commenter said, "What a pathetic attempt at trying to be funny." You know, <laughs> there's uh, we've been accused of. Well, that's not. That's pretty much true. Jokes on them. What an attempt to be a comment that means something. So good try, commenter. No one gives a shit what you think. But hey, you know what? We give a shit about thinking and people. We give a shit about what you guys think. Drop us a line on that phone number. Kevin, what's the number again? 703-635-2168. What we want to hear from you guys is, uh, you know, tell us uh, your one of your favorite moments from the podcast. Tell us what you love about us. Tell us what you hate about us. Um, tell us anything that you want, because if it's funny, you know it's going to get played. If it's not, then hmm. But we'd love to hear from you guys because you are a big part of the reason why we have hit 200 episodes. We have great fans. We have uh, great support, great friends on this show. So as you guys know, whenever we do our anniversary episodes, it, they are always a little bit of fun mixed in with some great guests and the fact that Kevin and I are going to be in the same place, same time means that there's going to be a lot more nonsense to expect from us. But Kev, I think it's time to talk some UFC 205. Tell us what you think I smoke before the show. Five stars on night. Okay. So the magic of doing this show is when there is a pay-per-view, we obviously have over under Kevin, but Kev magic. The magic. It is one yeah. of the magic things that we do on the show. But uh, there's a hidden magic that people don't know that every once in a while we put out memes uh, to incite conversation and to get people interested and involved. So before we get to our guest, I just want to give you a little sneak preview and then we're going to ask his opinions of the caliber of comments that we got for this meme. Now, Kev, do your best to explain how you see this meme. Okay. On top, we've got Conor McGregor holding two belts that he has clearly earned through some various suspensions in the 145 category and some very generous GMsmanship. Below that, we have It's Been Done, Stupid Idiots, with uh, Chris Jericho holding two belts and at Verbal Tabcast written across one of the Jericho belts. But the... Particular caption is, it's been done, stupid idiots. Okay, great, great, great. Now I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest, uh, Joey Foti, from the Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Joey, welcome back to the show. Never heard of it, never from heard of him. Me. Play hey, nice, play guys. nice. He's, we just literally said hello. You can give him a minute. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it's good to be back, fellas. Now, Joey, what is your interpretation of this meme? I mean, clearly, if anybody's watched any sort of competitive wrestling 
competitive <laughs> entertainment. You've seen, you've seen, you, you've seen the fact that it's already been done. You've seen a, a, a dual champion holding belts in two different weight classes. So, at the same time, by the way, it was two world the, heavyweight championships. At the same, uh, again, at the same time. So it's clearly, and I think, uh, years, at least a decade before, mm-hmm. if, 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 I'm, if I'm correct. <laughs> you are correct. That is when they unified the titles between the two different brands and they made them into one. And, you know, the funny part was uh, our good friend Nico Radish brought up this very important part, which was this, is that, you know, Conor McGregor definitely symbolic for the UFC uh, won two titles yesterday. But there was something very, very, very big missing about Chris Jericho's win, which was that he beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night a lot of to beef. win a title. It's a lot of American beef. <clears throat> so, Kev, can you guess how the internet reacted to this? You know, I, I, I did, and I was wrong. Because I, I did take a first guess, and I was like, oh, that's funny. That'll be... Uh, That'll make all the wrestling fans happy. And that was all I thought. I was like, otherwise, yes. people would just be like, oh, a wrestling thing. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> so what we're going to do is because some of these people, they just comment and they don't figure that we'll actually say what some of these are. Um, it's important to note one thing, which was some people were saying, oh, this is a troll. And it's like, no, it's a joke. But call it what you will. Um, the first comment comes in and says, but uh, this is real fights, not fake. That's from either Khaleesi82 or Cialis I82. One of them. <laughs> I just love, and then somebody decided to bring in, this was already scripted to be, laugh my ass off, like WWE, stars can fight. CM Punk got dismantled. Well, yeah, I mean, he did. I CM also, Punk's <laughs> They're Chris Jericho, guys. I like the person... Uh, Peter is something Jarvie. Two belts in WWE. Idiot? Question mark? Like he's trying to use a play on your words. And it's well, uh, Peter Street Jarvie. It doesn't even... I'm not interested. Here's why this is because so great. Because we have people who really wanted to make sure we knew that WWE was fake. So I felt like as they saw this scrolling uh, upon their Instagram, they're like, whoa, 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 stop. Hold on. These people need to know just oh. with fervor. Like yeah. the election was over and people were like, I got a fucking bitch about something. <laughs> this is it. This and then is... in one, you see one dude who goes bad comparison, three thumbs downs. But his profile picture is just a picture of him flexing and taking a selfie of himself. So <laughs> thumbs down to that, too, dude. It, Ref, I just want to say I also take this as you making a political statement about Conor <laughs> yeah, McGregor. I think this is you being like, uh, no, roll back the accolade. Start saying second person to do this. And it's not like <laughs> Connor himself is prone to hyperbole or entertainment exaggerations while screaming, get my fucking belt <laughs> after winning the fight. <laughs> Which was amazing, by the way. That was amazing. That was, the and, first, that was the first thing that I called for. I was like, he has to have his other belt. Why doesn't he have it? I, I got to tell you, I kind of agreed. Like, guys, the whole point is that he's got two. Where is it? Where's the second one? I, my bigger issue was how are they not prepared for a 50-50 scenario? Like, <laughs> he was either going to win and need the belt, which likely, or 
he was not going to win and maybe they wouldn't need to bring out the belt. But one of those scenarios is a 50% chance of happening. So maybe bring that one. And if you guys would like to know the story, do you know if for sure that was his belt that he was wearing? I don't have a clue. Joey? Yeah, I'm not sure. I would have found the closest I, I, I wanna, person I with guess one. That it's not. Interesting, I Kevin. That sounds like a very fan if it looked good. Good. I would have been like, that, that'll work. Is that real? What if I were to tell you, Kev, your instincts are right on and that that belt belonged to one Tyrone Woodley. Awesome. They went after him and they said, just, I'm pretty sure it was Data or somebody else. They said afterwards, they're like, give me your fucking belt. And Tyrone's like, what? And they go, give me your fucking belt. And so he had Tyrone Woodley's because he needed the photo op. No now way. here's what happens. And Dana was trying to put it on Connor and saying, it's their fucking responsibility to bring the fucking belt. And Connor <laughs> was like, I can't even believe it. They had all this and they had all the time and then they didn't bring it to me. And like, I just looked at him and I go, how hard is it to remember to bring a belt? Later on in the press conference as he was getting toward like the end of it, Dana was a little bit more conciliatory and was like, you know, we're not perfect all the fucking time. And then I guess he was saying, he goes, a lot of things you guys didn't know fucking went wrong. You guys can't tell, but like, I'm pissed. We're not perfect. No. So there's sure everybody has flaws. Uh, well, again, we're we're gonna move on shortly, but I want to read a few more of these because we had over about 200 comments on this one thing. We had one person who went out of their way to tell everybody, like, go out of their way on that thread, Kev, and like defend WWE and being like, listen, injuries and pain are real in the WWE, not fake. And it's like, bro, bro, no. We don't need you. We're good. We appreciate it. We're really good there. However, one guy, and I thought this was one of the funnier comments I saw. (laughs) When people talk about McGregor being first, they're talking about the UFC, which, thank you, duh. Nobody meant to include homosexuals erotic theater stage combat. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, I've got one, too, I would like to. Yeah, go Throw for it. On the fire. This is from T. Schmidt underscore. Done in WWE, where the outcomes are mostly staged, no matter <laughs> how tough and rough they are with each other, or how real the punches and body slams are. So very conciliatory. Uh, he won those belts by privilege slash popularity. In my opinion, McGregor had to strategically beat and overpower the opponents, where whoever that is had to be sure his choreography was on point. Nope. emojis uh yeah that guy makes me think of the uh that guy makes me think of the uh the what when what's his name got uh well they were remembering dusty rose i think it was and he was crying and said this is it's real too it's real yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> where the outcomes are mostly staged no matter how tough and rough. This is fantastic. So, Joey, the Don't reason why I really... internet, by the way, because every fourth person it gets it and is it loving, loving the comments to stay the way you are. Because, see, Kev, before I ask Joey the question I want to ask him, this is my favorite type of commenter. This just gives you insight into the individual who is trying to give us shit, which is, what's the difference? Post one. With the difference, (laughs) UFC is real fight, ellipsis, hashtag verbal tap cast. So I love that they had to put two posts because they realized they didn't 
actually spell the first one right, so they figured they'd take a second stab at it, and then they don't get the second one right, or decide maybe to delete the first attempt, which they clearly understood was not right. So, Joey, my question to you is this. Have you ever, with what you guys do, what has been the extent that you guys have dealt with either internet trolls or uh, crazy folks responding to the content that you produce on the Jiu-Jitsu podcast? Well, I don't think we've necessarily dealt with the the level of trolls that you guys have dealt with. So, because uh, clearly we're not on the same level of podcasting as as you guys are, which you've made it very very clear to the rest of your your audience. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, going forward, it's going to be tough going uh, to try to determine who's trolling and who's not. However, but something to this level. With the with Chris Jericho and, and Conor McGregor, I think uh, I think they'll definitely see. Well, at least the, the wrestling fans, they'll still be blind to what's really what's real and what's fake. They just live in that dream world, I guess you could say. I'm I'm entertained by the fact that you guys seem so nice and usually like positive see. and upbeat. So I just feel like I didn't know if you had experienced people because they just always exist. Kevin and I are just entertained by it because when you get like the bad comments and the crazy ones, people saying you guys are idiots, which I mean, is pretty funny. Nothing makes me laugh other than when you get a gem, one out of every 10 comments, for example, like this one that says, I'm triggered. This offends me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I mean, actually, yeah. I'm actually trying to find the rest of the comments here on the, on here, but there's, quite a few i'm trying to sort through them out it's it's interesting to say the least who's an actual loyal wwe fan i i I was at one point but i was quickly got grew up and realized well there's real sports to watch (laughs) well first of all that would be an inaccurate statement because i love this clearly you said that with that you're warming uh, right up i know i know i see what's going on the inner late night diva and joey it's just funny kev because I didn't know we we brought on a troll onto the show. Oh, that I was clever, though. His who, was, uh, who was a little bit more well-versed. Hey, let me tell you something, though, Joey. The reason why we have to shit-talk you is we have to follow in the suit of Conor McGregor. Because I don't know if you saw him. Well, Kev, did we have... I was just going to say, okay. Rap, I'm going to put you on mute so Joey and okay. I can go ahead and bring on double champion... Uh, met no disrespect by the meme. It was a joke. Hopefully, he knows that the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Conor, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I told you I was gonna take the belt, <laughs> and you got both of them. I, we were all on board, by the way. Got my man Joey from the Jitsu podcast. Said you should, they should the have the that guy? See, it's trademarked. I said it this first. They should have had your belt waiting. Oh, yeah, you know, it's a real shame. It's just they brought it in, and I was like, oh, where's my tings? And they were like, I don't know where your tings are. And I was like, where are my tings? And it's just I, I kept saying tings, and nothing would happen. So, you know, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a dawn in the game, and I just, you know, I get in there, and I, I was like, where's my coat with the tag on it still? And they didn't have it for me either, so, you know. Joey, if you were out in Las Vegas with Conor McGregor, what would you do? What would be, like, the first thing? It's like, hey, we got to get – give us your, your scenario. If I was out with on the strip with Conor McGregor, post I think we double championship, you know, 
post double championship, well, I, I think we'd have to make, uh, make our, our appearance well known and, uh, block off the entire Las Vegas Boulevard and, uh, just get on a, on some sort of, uh, well, that, that notorious car that he was driving around in, yeah. in the whole, uh, was, yeah, in I New York. That. Yeah. I would make, I would barricade or at least have a police escort with some sort of sound device and, uh, make our presence known like a super through, bowl through the strip like yeah that. like a super bowl parade yeah uh, champ and uh no, i'm sorry here? i was starting to fall asleep there here's the thing joey do you have a question for me connor yes what is your biggest challenge going forward I want to tell you guys, my, who's forward? my biggest challenge? Well, I mean, with me, I'm just, uh, I'm above everybody. Nobody's on my level, all that stuff. But you want to go, you guys want to hear <laughs> who on. I'm going to be fighting next? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, Joey, you can go take this on the, as an exclusive to your podcast. My next fight, not going to be with Khabib or the Ferguson. It's going to be with the UFC. Uh, for what? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's just so Kevin, this one over here pays attention, doesn't he? Here's the thing, mate. It's too big for your small brain, but here's what's happening. Okay. I want to piece the company because you got Yoko's like Conan O'Brien who are in charge. They're equity. They hold that kind of stock. If they want me to come back and maybe I take a third title or a turd. <laughs> Is it a turd or a third? It's one of those. I don't know. I take a turd third title and then i don't know i'm gonna have a kid so i need to have enough money so that i can pay for the kid so you know they gotta bring me in i want to be a part owner now this is all true you could look it up on the internet all right well you're trying to tim duncan it i get it i don't know who that is uh tall that never mind hey notorious one how are you gonna celebrate I am celebrating. I'm uh, right now with Vin Diesel, and we're living the life. You know what I mean? I just that's what you are when you're done, and you just uh, ask me when my kid's being born, though. When? I don't know. <laughs> no lie. During the press conference, they were like, "When's your kid going to be born?" And I was like, "I don't know. March, maybe?" Question mark. It's coming. What? Well, I'll get and there. Then I think someone I'm, told me it's going to be May, hey. and I was like, "May? Oh shit." I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm crapping my jokes. That's what I'm doing there. <laughs> well, you, you, sound, you sound pretty frightened, Connor. Oh, I'm definitely more frightened. I'm more frightened than this kid than I was any ting that Eddie Alvarez was throwing at me. You're right. You know, <laughs> did you see when I put my hands behind my back? That was impressive. That was funny. What were you? Anyway, were you trying to get him to, to swing at you? Were you Anderson Silva? What were you doing? Uh, mostly, uh, I broke my arm, you know? I broke it. I broke it, and I was like, try and hit me. And then he, he couldn't, you know? It was okay. just sad. Okay. Well, thanks for stopping by tonight. Always fun to chat Thanks, with thanks. Uh, I think we got another person uh, waiting for me because I don't do questions and answers with, with anybody else. So you want me to go ahead and put them on? Yeah. Is this okay. Wonder Boy? Did we, did we get him? <laughs> You'll see who it is when you talk to him. Bye, Irish forever. That's not how seeing works. Oh, hi, everybody. This ah. is great. Oh, my goodness. This is a microphone. Fresh off these. a loss from a majority draw decision. Oh, it's a which, draw, though. It's a draw. Know. It's not the same as a loss. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's kind of democracy in action. 
in the MMA cage. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, how you doing? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I won that fight, so uh, I just, I, I, I'm just so excited that I got to fight and that um, a majority of the people said I won. A majority of the people. Joey, if you were going to offer Stephen Wonderboy some jujitsu advice, what would it be? Well, I'd say you're right in not in not to tap when you shouldn't have tapped because you know an arm and guillotine's not going to finish any, anybody. Ooh. Oh, I know. It was it was really easy for me to pop out. Turns out when you don't have much upstairs, you just kind of go all right, and you just kind of pass out for a little while, and then I woke back up. It was great. I loved it. Did you see anything? Was it like an acid trip or was this? Well, you know, some people say they say Jesus when they go out. I saw um, my dog. I love my dog. Um, it's lovely. Wait, I don't even know if I have a dog. Shit. Uh-oh. Wonder Boy. I guess would, I was really out. What would you be doing if you weren't fighting as a vocation? I've been told by many people that I would look like an intern from Goldman Sachs. And I think that's true because I'm just I'm just kind of silly. But, hey, here's the important thing, guys. I was told I won all six of the rounds. There were only five rounds. Oh, no. I won the press conference, too. That counts in a majority draw. That would be awesome if it did. A public speaking competition. You know, it was fun is I looked over to the side and I saw Mr. Woodley and he was just all angry. And I was like, I can't believe it. We did really good, buddy. We both drew. We got even Steven. And then I saw Mr. Bruce Buffer and he was like, "Uh oh, I did something wrong. <laughs> uh oh, uh, Joey, do you have any questions for the almost champion? Wonder boy, do, do you do you question your your corner? I know that you went through a round or two without getting any advice going forward. Do you, do you think you might change camps, or are you comfortable with your dad coaching you? Oh, you know, oh shucks, it's it's hard. I don't really curse, and I I, I wish I could, but um, Phil Farn is really just oh god, <sighs> you know. It hurts and it stings, but I think that was the best coaching advice they could have given me. And if I could say one inspirational thing, I would like to say it real quick. I'd like to say, Kevin, you're a Flarn person who rooted to and terrible and i don't like you and i'll tell you why please you didn't pick me didn't no no i was worried you know who did a person over here who said they aspire to be a martial artist like me thanks very much joey i appreciate that (laughs) you're welcome wonder boy and you guys don't think I don't listen to podcasts, but I do. And, uh, I, hey, uh, I got one person who's going to close out the con- uh, the press conference. And uh, now I don't curse, but this individual, I think he does. Oh, okay. Bye. Uh, you have a great day, Stephen. I Thompson. have a great day every day. Uh, anyway, here he comes. Hey, you fucking dummies. Oh, God. What the fuck's wrong with you? Dana, how's the Coke post in New York? First good? of all, Dana is, I mean, <laughs> there is no Dana, there's always Zool, okay? If that answers your cocaine question. Number two, let me tell you something about New York, okay? When I go to fucking New York, I want a fucking pizza in my mouth at all times. And if you saw me being a sourpuss at the fucking press conference, now you fucking know why. You, you didn't have pizza in your mouth? No, I ate the pizza. It was gone. Um, when it's gone, then I get sad. You know what I mean? It's like when you finish. Anyway, you don't fucking know. You're not fat. I'm not tracking the metaphor. I was. Uh, what's uh, What's the mood in UFC? You gonna stay the chairman for a little while or whatever you're doing? Oh Jesus! I have to. These fucking idiots don't know what the fuck they're doing. Boy, oh, that, I was like uh, that right? Mm. I had, and how do you feel after the victory lap? Are you gonna be in the cabinet? Do you know? 
Uh, you're talking about uh, my buddy Trump? Yeah, no, I don't know, man. I think Lorenzo's going to be in there. Maybe he'll try and clean some stuff up. He'll be um, emperor of uh, trade and commerce. That'd be fucking great. I swear to yeah. God, I can see the memo. <laughs> Department of Homeland Security. Who better than president of the UFC? I can see that being something that happens in the near Listen future. Listen to me. Secretary of Education is a tough fucking job. That's why you need somebody who helps people with no brains. Thus, the guy who ran the UFC. Because those fighters are fucking idiots, am I right? Anyway, listen, this has been a great time. I want to say a couple things real quick. One, fuck Conor McGregor. He wants equity in my fucking business and fuck that guy. Number two, what the fuck was Madonna doing there? I didn't give her fucking tickets. Number three, Jesus fucking Christ. Was that a good fucking card? It was. All right. I'm going to get out of here. Fuck you, dummies. I somebody in I the said UFC, I'm fucking out. Bye. 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 Goodbye. I'm out. Dana White. Always a fucking pleasure. Uh, Raph, we're going to bring you back <laughs> now as we've um, <clears throat> we've exhausted yep. through our guest lists. Yeah, I know. We just did all at once. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you want to start at the top of the fight? Joey, yes. I'm going to ask you first what impressed you most about McGregor Alvarez. And, you know, McGregor just really seemed like he was, his, he was controlling his distance well. His timing was unbelievable. I think he really outclassed Alvarez. I mean, I was really surprised with his level of striking and his, and his timing and precision. Like he says before, I think it's, but I think he's now on another level. And uh, also his, his uh, wrestling his uh, takedown defense. Very impressed by that, too. Only an idiot would have chosen against him. Uh, <laughs> I am that idiot. And <laughs> this is like we before. I wish I could have seen them. And, you know, I guess I could have uh, been paying attention. <laughs> side by side, when McGregor got in there, it was like, wait, these guys weigh the same? Wait, McGregor used to fight at 145? I had some confusion because he's looking good. He's looking huge. Can we yeah, discuss something like that changed was, a little bit? I thought this was really important to, to bring up, which was so Connor looked good at that, right? But Connor also was able to utilize some great reach against Eddie Alvarez. Now it's not like Eddie was terrible, but he had his arms into that little T Rex area. And then once you saw that Connor had full extension, never at any point worried about anything. I was like, oh shit. One thing I was super impressed with, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Joey, which was at the very beginning, I saw that Eddie was making the attempt to get a couple foot sweeps in on Connor. I think he recognized that Connor's going to keep the distance and try and kick him out. So he figured maybe kind of wobble him a little bit. I saw Connor make a very quick adjustment live time as it was going on to change his stance a little bit so his foot sweeps wouldn't come in. And from there on in, after that 20 second two foot sweeps, then it was just Connor's game. Did you see something similar, or where did you see Eddie Alvarez start to fall apart? Aside from the first time he got knocked down and goes, "Oh my God, the power's real." Yeah, I saw Eddie try to come forward and and then push him to the cage a little bit, but after after the they got rid of the well, got got away from the cage. It seemed like Eddie was just in a really just trying to play catch up, and Connor was just piecing him up very quick with time with his timing and his precision again and so. kev did you at any point did you get this vibe from eddie alvarez which is 
that vibe that you get when you're rolling or training with somebody and they're just too good and you recognize you really don't have much for them. I know so well the feeling you're talking about. He looked petrified immediately. It wasn't even, he just had that immediate flash like, uh oh. Yeah. I'm in some trouble. Uh, and that's when you start doing that stuff where you're like, okay, get a grip. That's going to take him a really long time to break. <laughs> uh, does it go so well when you're exchanging with him? I felt uh, when he threw him. Do you know the part I'm talking about in round one towards the last minute? He kind of jostled his shoulder and he threw him <laughs> yeah. like a foot. And yeah. Joe Rogan just, he threw him. <laughs> Joe, Joe was. <laughs> Really hyped up for Conor McGregor and, they, uh, and New York, as they all were. <laughs> yeah. New York was the real winner, the whole Absolutely. UFC 205 card. But Conor McGregor just tossed him, and you saw what appeared to be and was an inevitable knocking out. Absolutely. And, Joey, I have to ask you this because you are uh, you you appreciate leg attacks, and I, I know that about you. But one of the things that I thought that was so funny about when Eddie Alvarez got knocked down a couple times and you could see the kind of cartoon stars going around his head was that he instinctively i think he jumped you know when a dvd skips and like goes to like minute 40 of the movie when it was like at minute 20 if you have a damaged cd i feel like that's what happened with him with his game plan because all of a sudden he gets knocked down and he's like oh is there a knee knee bar please oh god i'm spitting yeah. for a knee bar let this knee bar happen for a split second there, I thought he could have gone for some sort of leg attack. But again, I think Connor was, you know, like I told, like I mentioned before on the first picks, it's, uh, you know, McGregor just knew he, he was very, he's, he's very calculated with his, with his attacks, even with somebody on the ground, like, like Alvarez was at that point. So he's extremely calculated and that's one of his attributes. And I have to say, I mean, maybe this is a credit to Kavanaugh or maybe it's a, tr a credit to having somebody like Dylan Danis who's kind of pushing him a little bit more as a training partner. But all of those attacks, he stuffed with the easiest of abilities and he didn't seem concerned about that. Uh, Kev, is that what your read was? He didn't seem concerned about fucking anything after <laughs> the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Uh, was my read. That was basically confirmed in the post-interview. Yeah. Very clear. Yeah. Wasn't and, nervous at all. And the takedowns didn't look... Uh, yeah, no. They, the, the takedowns looked a little weak for for him. But, I mean, a big deal of that was Connor getting that underhook and just kind of lifting him back up very quickly, uh, even to give, neutralizing that clinch and, uh, against the cage and being like, nah, I'm not even worried. So, gentlemen, I think this is going to bring up a, a very important question to ask in just a second. But before we do, I do want to say this about this fight. The hype behind Conor McGregor is real. I think that people are entertained by him, and I think he's delivering at such a high pace. But do you think the UFC is going to call his bluff? Dana said he could only hold one belt. And now, I don't know if they can really tell him that. Because this brought in a $17 million gate. Connor is understanding his power within the UFC. Looks like he's almost ransacking, like ransoming these two divisions. And more importantly, yesterday, as one of two big announcements, one being that he was going to have kids, which, by the way, was something Eddie Alvarez kind of uh, ruined a couple days before. But uh, Connor McGregor was saying he wants what? to be brought in as a partner for the UFC. 
What are your thoughts? What does that mean? Well, exactly? Conan O'Brien. Listen, first of all, I don't appreciate him going after Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien is a fucking ally to him, and more people like him because of Conan O'Brien. But when he brought up Conan O'Brien, it was just like, leave Conan alone, you dick. There's no need. <laughs> but I can guarantee you, though, I feel like we're being set up because those two are best of friends. So I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow on Conan's episode of uh, his show, he'll be like, Hey, let's play that clip of I uh, apparently Conor McGregor was talking about me in the news. They're gonna play it and they're gonna be like, and fucking Conan O'Brien's a fucking owner too. And Conan's gonna be like, What? And then his audience, boo. And he's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna fight in the octagon this January. Anyway, what I'm saying to you guys is, do you think they bring him in as a partner? What does it take for them to bring him back? Because we have ideas where he needs to go next. And I think that's a big important debate we're gonna get to. But how do they bring him back? And what do they need to give him? Joey, I'll ask you first. Bring him back as just a regular fighter because he's, he's past that. He's, he's This level that he reached last night is not normal, not in, in an echelon where it's nobody can reach, I think, at any point now going forward. So um, they, they, I think they have, to, they have to call us. They have to support what, whatever he wants and, and meet those demands. So... I mean, because without Conor McGregor, the UFC's really nothing. Interesting. Kev, is that the case? Okay, let's fix this the old-fashioned way. He's Irish. Don't overthink this. (laughs) I've already released the answer. Block off the strip in Las Vegas. Throw the man a parade. He arrives at this huge suite at whatever, Trump fucking hotel, who gives a shit. There's just a mountain of cocaine hanging out, champagne, the appropriate decor. And how, whoa, how do they get his new car in here? Where did it even come from? <laughs> Who could have imagined? Is that a just a thing filled with money? You're crazy. And here's a contract for 1% of something minute that's part of a 10% share in the company. Because I think what he's arguing how hard is. was that? Eh, maybe, but I mean, what he's saying is his argument is this, and it's not wrong, but he's pushing all in now and he's using the guise of being like, I'm going to be a new father. It's like, shut up, shut up. We know, we know you're leveraging this, but that has nothing to do with anything. Like, I know you want your family yeah, to be secure, but like, bro, convinced. no, like move on to the next part. But this is the part of the argument that's stronger. He said in the presentation to get that $4.2 billion for the UFC, he said that they were using the pay-per-view buys to give part of the like estimation or the evaluation of the company for that 4.2 figure, including those pay-per-view buys, several of which, and including this past one, which Dana says will be the biggest one of all time, it will surpass the pay-per-views of the old ones, which I do believe. So now he's going to have like three fights in the top five selling pay-per-view of the UFC history of all time. So he has an argument to say he's part of that company, and he does major things for him. My question is, what the fuck do you really give him, though? Because if you bring him in on that same equity that those actors and actresses have, it's a small minority share. It sounds like he's coming in, and Kev, you said 1%, and I think that's probably lowballing what he's thinking. And frankly, I said 1% of something that's 10% of something. Correct. 
So I'm even like lowballing it. So I think it's interesting. That's why uh, I believe Connor in our our press conference, he said that they will be going after, you know, it will be a fight between him and the UFC because let's get to the second part of that question, which is this. Joey, Khabib, or Ferguson? Now, pick, gun to head, go. Joey? Tony Ferguson. <gasps> but but why? My heart says my heart says Tony. My my brain says Khabib. Kevin, what does your dick say? Khabib. <laughs> <laughs> what does your lower knee say? Khabib. Okay. Kev, I would love for you to explain why Khabib should get the shot. Because that's fucking awesome. And in a stylistic matchup, I want to see if Conor McGregor can knock Khabib out before he does that thing he did to that last guy. Uh, oh. Michael Johnson, which was not a very pleasant day for him. Michael Johnson can be a pretty tough guy himself. Can but- be. That guy gets tough is correct, but wow. Well, just not yesterday, and I guess not against Khabib. Okay, so you're saying Tony Ferguson, and I'm giving you a little bit of shit, but let's be real. There's no wrong answer here, but somebody has to get a shot. So, Joey, why not Khabib? Basically, durability issues, the, you know, how active he's been, at least. Um, marketability, I don't, think any, I, don't, I don't necessarily think he's as well-known as maybe Tony Ferguson is. So I guess you could say that, but our hard, the hardcore fans know Khabib. So the pure MMA fans would want that fight. I think more than Tony Ferguson. I mean, I, uh, I think Tony made such a statement and up until yesterday, I was like, he should be front of the line. I know Khabib. Let's see how he does. And then yesterday it could be basically, um, in addition to almost punching a person into non-existence, Mm -hmm. then almost um taught us a new element of bone crushing it's not submission it's just literally taking the bones to the point when uh they're already just dismantled so that your arm becomes a jelly i was highly impressed by his performance but then kevin talk about the heel turn because that heel turn was everything um, I don't even know where to start with his crucifix mixing of uh, like Khabib. The guy is nuts, and <laughs> he did some really graphic shit on the ground that was brutal with the crucifix and the way he kept swinging his foot and heel over and like crushing him in the face in between his legs, which was awesome. Okay. But let's discuss this, though. The reason why I bring up the specific heel turn is his performance was good, but his post-conversation with Joe Rogan, it became the best example of broken English dreams because that thing didn't make really a lick of sense grammatically. If you were to write that down and read it and hand it to somebody and say, I know you're not a UFC fan. You didn't watch this. Can you translate this? They'd be like, no. And also is this what are they okay mentally? And you'd be like, can't be for certain. But I know when he says things to the effect of Joe Rogan, I am 
uh, tell them I am. Am I not number one? And Joe Rogan's like, ah, yeah, dude, you're like, you're the man. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Otherwise, I think you're going to try and murder me in the middle of this ring or this octagon. So were you entertained by that speech, though? Did that not persuade you anymore, Joey, that he maybe he should be front of the line instead? Did you hear what he said? You know, I actually I didn't even I actually caught the the la- the very final round, and I since I watched it at a bar, I couldn't hear the post fight interview. Twenty six and oh. doesn't that Khabib, deserve a shot? <laughs> his his psychopathic tendencies were were every round leading up to the end of the fight. Wasn't he screaming at Dana in between rounds? Asking for a title fight. <laughs> well, he that. was doing that. There was a lot of screaming at Dana because Dana afterwards said, uh, I believe it was with Connor. Somebody can tell me if I was wrong on this. But in between rounds was saying, give me that fight. Give me that belt. Give me that belt. And like, I feel like <laughs> if that was the case, and Khabib was also yelling at him. In addition to Connor yelling at him, Dana's just like, where the fuck do I sit here? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. I thought that he had a fantastic showing. I thought it's hard to argue with him. And in terms of your qualm about his marketability, yesterday he made some fans because those people started booing him. And I don't know if you know this about heels. A good heel will make you start to boo them, and you won't know why. The hat was a factor too, right? Yes, because, uh, Kev, here here's what I'll – okay. This is the most coherent sentence, and it was the first one he said, okay? Mm-hmm. It said, I want to stay humble, but I have to talk. Ireland only has 6 million people. Russia, 150 million. I want to fight your chicken. Let's go. Let's go. So... Maybe he's just really adamant about poultry. I and... want to fight your chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This also, I mean, I would have less, I guess, ironic detachment from this if this man didn't wrestle a bear in his youth. So he could literally mean, I want to fight your chicken. Bring me your best chicken, your best Irish chicken versus me, Russian. That's true. Like, in terms of... He scares me. Too. That was. Are we? Can we talk about like? Uh, <laughs> that was not okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is a side conversation, Joey. What were your thoughts on the uniforms yesterday? Did they look a little different to you? Uh, I didn't. I didn't necessarily pay much attention to the uniforms, but they seemed uh, fairly routine. They seemed fairly normal to me. Okay. Had some distinction. A little shimmery. Oh. A little glittery. A little shimmery? What What do you mean, Kev? It was like somebody asked Kanye, hey, what could spruce up the UFC uniforms? And that's what they did. So uh, if you go back and look at some of the photos of them, there are some great moments, but none better than one of my friends who commented, like, who designed these new UFC Reebok uniforms? Forever 21? And it was magic. Um, okay, let's get to this because I need to hear your opinion. Uh, Joey, who won the fight? Tyrone Woodley or Stephen Thompson? Or was it a draw? I think I think Tyrone won the fight. I think he did enough to win the fight. Okay, Kevin? I agree. I thought Tyrone Woodley honestly won the fight. 
Now, why do you say that? He just seemed to have inflicted a uh, more damage over the course of the whole thing, and I thought he had applied some top pressure and kept. He just had more control to me. Was sort of the way I phrased it, and that was my, you know, obviously not necessarily my pride rules opinion, but even <laughs> in terms of strikes, it just seemed like Tyron Woodley was winning. Joey, did you at any point when they said it was a tie? Did you have a reaction like I did, which was, well, that's some bullshit? Or did you try to make do with it and say, like, I don't know, maybe there was a tie? I didn't necessarily think it was. I, I thought uh, I thought Tyrone won the fight. But then when they said it was a majority draw, I just like, what? It, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, now walk me through your reactions from when Bruce Buffer went from being Bruce Buffer to Steve Harvey. <laughs> Wait, wait. Let me let me read the results real quick again. I think <laughs> I, I I don't know. I you would think that a guy like Bruce Buffer would would be able to read the read the scorecard the right way, but I don't know. I think uh, it, it it confused a lot of people. But nothing's yeah, real. Uh, <laughs> nothing is real. So I was watching with some civilians and uh, my good friend, Austin stack, Kevin, you know him. Yes. He was looking at me the whole time. He's like, it's screwy. Wonder boy's going to win. And I was like, he's not going to win in no circumstances. Did that gentleman win that fight? And he's like, I don't know, Raph. I'm just saying. And then sure enough, he comes out and Bruce had that look that it normally doesn't happen. He goes, see, see, there's something screwy going on. And I go, you're right. There is something screwy going on. But Tyrone Woodley did not lose that fight. If he lost that fight, we're about, oh, majority draw? Well, all right. I mean, that's a dumb decision. I wouldn't. But, I mean, he's not going to lose the title. It's going to be a blemish on his mark, and that's just dumb. Then when they came back and they're like, oh, it's a draw because, oopie doopy, we forgot that two people is more than one. Mm. I, want, I do want to ask one question, though. Does, does yeah, yeah. Tyrone still get his win money for the fight? He better. Better, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dana. Okay, so Dana said going into the fifth round, he had it scored two two. Is that what you guys had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kev, uh, I was in a three to one, but I wasn't keeping like round by round track. Yeah, I wasn't keeping a three to one because I almost saw uh, Wonder Boy Thompson die twice. So, you, what did you have it? I had it at oh god, Wonder Boy is surviving. So let's see how this last round goes. So then if you do the math and you say, all right, even if they gave, excuse me, two, two, and now we're going to look into this third round or that fifth round and you look at it and you go, I don't really see how he can win this. And then some judge says, aha, I do take that Raph. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is fucking stupid. So it was a very strange moment. Um, I feel like uh, they've already said the next thing that makes sense for them is a rematch. Tyrone Woodley was saying uh, Damian Maya, you know, he's definitely in that conversation as well. Um, listen, I would love to see Damian Maya get it, but I feel like the smart money is going to make that happen with as many people as who saw that fight yesterday. And Woodley definitely scared the shit out of me when he was knocking uh, Stephen Thompson around. I thought it was lights out a couple times during that fight. He should fight Connor. That would be great. Everybody to see that oh, he did ask. In fact, Tyrone Woodley in the post presser with his usher uh, glasses <laughs> that he was wearing. 
he said he asked the people in the crowd. He's like, "Would you guys like to see me fight Connor?" And like all these poor journalists are fucking dead tired. So they go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> "Ask us tomorrow." I'm exhausted. Do you know how many fights there were? Fuck. I Not only how many fights there were, but welcome to the UFC 205, which I think the promotional tagline should have been three hours of promotional material about the UFC in New York and a few fights. Because when they had two more fights that mysteriously had to go away, which, by the way, uh, definitely played a role in Over Under Kevin, but they had two fights that had to go away and we'll get to talking about those in a second but yeah when that happens they had promised them a four-hour pay-per-view show and so instead you normally have five fights that go three hours so this is supposed to be one that had six fights that goes four hours they lose one of the main card fights and then it's five hours essentially what it feels like of like five fights and you look at these five fights and you go this should be a three-hour pay-per-view these poor people Granted, they had three championships on there, but whatevs. All right, let's talk about it. Joey, walk me through when you found out the Tim Kennedy fight was no longer going to be able to honor America and your reaction. My heart, my heart immediately sank. I was really bummed. I know Tim Kennedy put, Tim Kennedy put a lot of work in for this fight, yeah. but uh, I think he's now going into the next, I think he's going to go to 206. Is that right? So he'll get his redemption. I had a friend who brought up a point on our Facebook page and they said, Hey, why not him versus Cerrone? Because they both lost their fights. And I was like, they're the same camp. And then I thought about it and I go, no, those two fuckers are crazy enough to do it. So I tagged both of them in a post and I said, Hey, listen, why don't you guys just do like an exhibition round or two and lose or rest by dinner? Cause the two of you are crazy enough to do it. That was, it didn't take me up at this time. That would make I it 27 it. seconds before it became an instant real fight. Oh, yeah. they One of them would jab the other one. The, their blood pressure would rise. And make, it's on. Uh, same and, rules, though. Just somebody. And we know enough people in the Greg Jans- Jackson camp that we've interviewed, and all of them say the same thing. Even Tim Kennedy. They all defer to what a man Donald Cerrone is. And Tim Kennedy doesn't say that lightly. So it makes me wonder, what are those rounds looking like inside that gym? Ooh. Just saying. I'd watch. (laughs) How is that not a YouTube or a Facebook Live? Just the Jackson gym getting some... Uh, Yeah, it should be. It's savages. Yep. And the nice part is, I know that the guys from the Greg Jackson's gym have not been opposed to fighting one another, AKA, I believe Overeem and Arlovsky. So it happens, you know, every once in a while, those things go on. Let's talk about the destruction of, uh, Chris Weidman though, because I felt bad. I walked in. Well, I walked in, I think the top of the second round and I was about to ask people like, Oh, how'd that first round go? And then I saw Chris Weidman getting ragged all around, and I go, no, I have enough information. Okay. It wasn't great. And it wasn't great, but then the freak way that he he got knocked. He kind of won the first round, I thought. He was in control, and then the second round, you know, got a little dicey. And then the third round, 
Oh, I thought I was waiting for an NFL referee to step in and throw a helmet contact penalty on Yul Romero. (laughs) Just a personal foul, just a direct head-to-helmet contact of a defenseless receiver. That's what it looked like. Could there uh, have been a worse time for Chris Weidman's head to be in front of Yoel Romero's knee? Mm, I mean, come on. Nobody at my party caught that. And I was so surprised that nobody saw it because I go, oh, my God, he shoot again. And his knee just connected with his chin and it just turned him into a bobblehead. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? I was like, he's out. Look at him. And then when he like turtled up and you see like that sad moment of a UFC fighter where they want their heart wants to go more, but their body's like, no, we're dead. Let's be dead. That was an let's, instant let's gusher. Be dead. Yeah. Ugh. He instantly bled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think there was that whole element of what we saw there that was crazy and ridiculous. Um, but let's also go and let's, I believe it's time to give the women credit because I thought, uh, Joanna, and Carolina Kolo Kowalski did a very solid job. It was a very good fight. And I have to say, for Carolina, she found a rhythm for Yana very quickly that disrupted her. And normally, Yana's got really, really good striking and uh, elusive striking. But uh, it, it was good for that round and a half. I thought she had a really good fight in her. So what did you guys think of that fight? It's like watching light robots, Joey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, a striker's wet dream. I think uh, Carolina was changing stances super quickly, but Joanna did a great job of just stay, sticking to her game. She just, mm-hmm. I mean, I think she outstriked her like two to one, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a really great fight. And yeah. I watched in that third round as I was I sort of rewatching it today. Uh, you do see Carolina put some actual fear and pain into Joanna, which we hadn't seen before. So that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a good fight, but well, it's sad, guys. We've seen the end of Misha Tate, and I have to say, somebody here called it. Yeah. Anybody want to raise their hand who it did? Uh, yeah, well, it's a podcast, so they're going to need to say that they called it too. Was it you, Rap? I mean, was me. It, Joey called it. What did Joey uh, say? Joey, do you remember? Yeah, I know. I picked. I picked. Uh, picked. Um, wait, 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 wait. What? what, what uh, <laughs> it uh, was between Misha Tate and Raquel Pennington. And what did you say? Yeah, well, she was her coach in in Tough. I remember mm-hmm. saying that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Raquel just she's. She's amazing. Misha just, she's been in a daze for the last two fights. I don't know. And that's what you were saying is you were saying Misha wasn't mentally into it, which happened to be the exact kind of phrasing that she was saying before retiring. So I don't, I I feel bad that we don't get a chance to really acknowledge this as big as it should have been. And I think part of that was due in the fact that Misha ended up getting into a fight with Dana. He revealed this uh, backstage when he was doing the presser. And said that he goes, yeah, Misha, who knew? I didn't know that thing was going to fucking happen. And then she came up to me and she's like, I don't want to go to the hospital. And it's like, you need to go to the fucking hospital. And she goes, I don't work for you anymore. And he goes, fair point. So 
they had a little bit of a tiff, and by the end of the tiff, he goes, if you go to the hospital, I'll try and get you a nice cush job somewhere. And she goes, okay. So she went to the hospital after that. But I don't, I don't think there's enough that can be said about Misha, who, a person who I think made it to her goal of getting a, a title in the UFC that seemed to be so elusive to her. So I think once she got that goal and she got shaken up by Nunez, I think she was just kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm done. Hey, that was fun. What a career. I've been fighting forever. And she has. Yeah, definitely. She's accomplished everything. But it just kind of makes you wonder, like, what was the drop-off? I mean, she looked so great against – she looked great against uh, Holly Holm, but then just ran into a wall with Amanda Nunes. Well, let's – then it's just been – 18 and 7, turn 30. Yeah. Let's also ask a really important question. Spends a lot of time with Brian Caraway. Let's not forget that. Um, that'll aid you. I think the bigger question is this, though, is, yeah, she looked great against uh, Holly Holm, but have we seen Holly Holm since? No. Uh-uh. And, I mean, it, it's yeah. not conducive to her. I think the biggest attribute we always had with Misha was she fought with her heart. And I think part of me was a little skeptical when I heard her say the word retirement because – the actual word retirement in MMA is a tricky thing. Sometimes it's uh, legal leveraging maneuver. It was what Connor was trying to do. It's what Chael did. He sat out his contract and was like, I'm retired. You'll never see the the man with the plan and these two stands getting back. You like, And then all of a sudden it's like, Bellator waited out my uh, USADA ban. The man is back with the plan and the stand and the can. The fire is burning. I I just feel invigorated, ready to take back out there. So it's always tricky when they say that because it means they could sit out and ice out their contracts. So with her, I feel that she's at least done for now. It is entirely possible we see her back with a little bit of rest. But um, if this is the end of Misha's career, uh, do you have a favorite fight of hers that uh, you enjoyed the most, Joey? Uh, you know, I've always, I was always a fan of her fighting, uh, Ronda Rousey, even though, you know, she never was able to beat her, but you know, she was definitely tough with that, with those matches. So, you know, I didn't pay attention to much of her career before, before those fights. So it's tough to gauge before, but she's always gave Ronda a tough, a tough card. Kev? Last entertaining season of the ultimate fighter, arguably. <laughs> Mm-hmm. last watchable season from start to finish where you're like this is compelling week to week i agree with that i agree with that kevin and uh when she won the belt that felt so good it was like oh yeah. thank god one of the people that's just always been around and you know the, he's called out some awesome moments she helped put women's mma on the map in terms of it could take over a card she did yep. that I would like to say too, she uh, she was quite good. I and, and echoing what Joey had to say, yeah, maybe I saw her in a losing battle, but I saw her second fight against Ronda Rousey, and that crowd was behind her. It was amazing and spectacular to feel, and I think that's where she knew she had the crowd with her. I think she knew she had fans who really were invested in her, and so from that moment, it became a small trajectory, and she would take these fights that people were like counting her out on. And when she ended up getting the title, we put up a meme, and it's one of our, our, our more famous ones, but it was one that said, like, I think the same week Leo DiCaprio had won his Oscar, and people were like, finally! And it's like, no, don't say it like that. It's Leo DiCaprio. 
So it was, uh, you can keep your Leo DiCaprio. This is the, the true kind of, uh, championship rise that we like to see. And, uh, I think those are great moments. So if that's the end of, uh, Misha Tate, then thank you very much for the memories. If it is not, then we'll see you in Bellator in a few years. No big deal. Um, (laughs) other notes. I just, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, I think the Bantamweight division for the the women's division is like I told you last time, it's, Mm. it's amazingly deep, not, not any deeper than what I said last time, but she could ride out and we, we wouldn't miss her. The, 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 the level of uh, fighting in that division is amazing. Yeah. And elsewhere on the, the lady side, let's talk about, if you want to talk about women's Bantamweight, I want to talk about Liz Carmouche because, um, a smaller but equally symbolic thing that happened this week, uh, and we shouldn't overlook it, is the fact that Liz Carmouche was the first female to win in a MMA fight in New York City. I thought that was awesome. They let them lead off the card, so they were the very first people to fight in the octagon in uh, New York City. So that was symbolic, and I thought it was awesome. So that's the second time Liz Carmouche has broken records and made history, the first being the first female to headline a UFC pay-per-view with Ronda Rousey, and that was a great fight as well. So uh, kudos to her. But if we're giving out props, Kev, let me tell you something. A lot of people talk about how tough it is to do weight cuts. A lot of people talk about You know this. Yeah, I've you know this. talked about. It's a tough thing. But what if I were to tell you Thiago Alves came in so fat and then you ask, how fat is he? How fat is he? So fat that Jim Miller was almost going to have his fight with him canceled. And then Jim Miller said, I'll put on two pounds. Fuck this. The fight's still on. So he ended up going overweight as well. Nice. Just so that they could make that fight happen. Jim Miller's a savage is savage. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's our friend Dan Miller who said this, but somewhere after they were getting the... Uh, uh, the fight decision to be made. I think I heard Dan, but it might have been somebody in his corner who just goes, they want you to wear that fucking shirt, but I'm not going to fucking get it. <laughs> so that was some great stuff. All right, gentlemen, there were some other good fights. Uh, Frankie Edgar yeah. uh, looked good again, so I was very happy to see that. Uh, looked like he got a little dazed, but let me tell you something about Frankie Edgar and his element of heart. When he came back in, he said something in his package that I thought was for sure which was he was not going to lose in New York City, his home. Uh, did you have anything in particular that you loved that he was doing uh, there, Joey? Oh, man, like his, his movements, his, his head movement, his footwork. I mean, he looked like uh, the old Frankie Edgar. Mm. You know, I feel like he's easily in line for a title shot now. I mean, just going up, up against size, I think he looked oversized against uh, Jeremy Stevens, but clearly his uh you know foot movement and head work was really really good true kev i wish he had finished that but like i'm not gonna lose in new york i'm gonna win via decision the way i always like to stamp a good decisive edgar victory uh love me some frankie edgar that was a fun fight well kev this is gonna transition nicely as we start to get over to results um you did say let me see if I have a note here. This is important to note. Um, you said that there was going to be a heel hook from Frankie Edgar. I was hoping for uh, some. I I was hoping for a little bit more knee attacks. Mm, mm, mm. 
That was an important note. Uh, he did try it with all gusto when he looked up at a clock and saw he had like 30 seconds in. He had kind of a flimsy uh, grip for a guillotine. And then he literally goes, I'll go to mount. Fuck this. And was trying with everything to finish. Um, didn't get it in the end of that second round, but still a very good, impressive showing from him. So our kudos to Frankie Edgar for showing up in his hometown. Gentlemen, do you want to know some results? Yes. Okay. Yes, please. Joey, how do you feel? Uh, I feel pretty confident. Yeah? Yeah, pretty confident. What makes you feel so confident about these results? Well, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I thought with my head. I didn't, I was uh, thinking pretty critically with these, and uh, I just I feel pretty good with them, so, yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. It's, it sucks because I'm trying to figure out why you should feel so confident. I'm coming up on an empty here. Kev, maybe you have something here? I don't feel that great, so I thought I'd tone down the cockiness and just compliment Joey on a well-fought match, throw a Mm. handshake his direction, maybe a Mm. butt pat where I linger. Mm. Mm. Well, gentlemen, I think it is time that we get to the results. What was the bet online, Kevin, that we had on this one? Ten push-ups or something? I think Uh, it's 100. I'm pretty sure it's 100. I think it was 100. Pretty Uh sure it was. Yeah. Okay. I thought we were saying 10.0. You guys were like 100. (laughs) You don't move the decimal. Uh, Joey. Now I get it. I I know Kevin can't do 100 push-ups in a row, but have you? You seem like the type that could actually do it. Have you done 100 push-ups in a row at any point in your life? Never in a row, but the most I've done in a row is 50. So not bad. That's halfway there. Last night I was sweating it a little bit. I was thinking I needed to do. Need to start working on that. Uh, well, I mean, that's a actually, you know, fifty's almost a hundred though. Fifty's halfway there. I think that could bode very well for what I'm about to read here. Go, please. All right, let's do it. Your results are as follows. Um, Joey, what if I were to tell you right here, right now, that you are not the father? No child support. No child support here. That means that the big loser of this game is going to be Kevin Phillips. Kevin, you need to be able to do 100 push-ups. And guess what? I will be in Denver, so I can make sure that Kevin is good on this. Damn it. Uh, I also had to say something, didn't I? Yeah, Yeah, you have to say something nice Uh, on next week's podcast about Joey. Um, I don't. That's the beautiful part about that phrasing. State of Texas. And oh, you have to unfortunately fuck. talk about how yeah, that was what it is. I was like, no, it was more annoying than talking about his podcast. <laughs> that it's uh it's back. It's all coming back to me now. Uh we're there. Well, uh let's do this. Joey, obviously, um we love having you on. Where can people find you? Where can people listen to your podcast? What do you guys have coming up? Uh, guys, we're on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, at the Jiu-Jitsu Podcasts, Twitter too. Um, just uh, listen, tune into those outlets, and uh, you'll find us there. If you want to be a guest, just send us a, send us a message. We'll more than likely accommodate that. So uh, You'll find me uh, at the Ana Invitational, December 10th. I'll be commentating those events. That's my hey, hey, that's that. awesome. I expect a shout-out. Yeah. A lot of fun. You might be surprised. I turned 31 <laughs> that night. So, wow, Kevin. That's the, the saddest. 
It's not even a you're going to get one. It's a mm, can't say I'll do it. But. Good friend Joey Soto <laughs> goes on two minute soliloquy about kindness. Uh, well, that's great. Obviously, Joey, you're good people. Uh, they do great work. They hold it down for the state of Texas and so, so much more. But we always appreciate the fact that they put on new talent. They put on uh, good interviews with uh, the folks who are the folks that you know and the folks that you don't. And that's always a big thing for us is when we get people to know and love the people who do this great sport. Um, Kevin, uh, give him a preview of the nice things that you're going to say to him, uh, I guess, on next week's podcast. Uh, you know, his tenacity and his endurance in this. All right, that's enough. That's enough. We don't have to, to break it. Um, because, Joey, I want you to know this. You will go down in history because next week is our 200th episode. And when that happens, it's our four years of doing Verbal Tap. It will stay on that episode forever. And we always have a big amount of people who tune in for our anniversary episodes. So... You will have the maximum amount of people oh <laughs> listening boy. to me I'm the ass of the jujitsu mm-hmm. podcast for seemingly no reason. And people, yeah, people are going to be like, "Why the fuck are they doing this?" I like, just it have was something a- to say, Raps. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joey, we want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, obviously, with jujitsu podcast, good people, ladies and gentlemen, Joey Cody. Thanks a lot, guys. A lot of fun. Raph, we've been, I told you I leaked it before, but putting in some heavy rounds today to get ready for you. Mm. I had some nogi rounds Friday. Um, <laughs> when you tell your people to, that you're getting ready for me, what is, uh, what is the thing that you tell them? Do you go, guys, can you get a little bit shorter, uh, a little bit more brown, a little more articulate, way funnier? I mean, than me personally, but uh, also you may like to pass like this. Well, I just sort of pitched it as I needed to get myself ready <laughs> physically for the rounds. Sure. Uh, I wasn't like, hey, I need somebody to replicate your specific game, which would be a funnier. I should have. I should have been yelling it on camera. It's like missed opportunity. Annoys me on like a really stage four level in a talking. <laughs> you perfect. Um, who's got a huge head? Everybody with a big head over here. <laughs> and no, that was um today. I was also rolling with some children, and I made sure to declare it beforehand. We were talking, and he was like, "We're gonna be going through the rounds." I was like, "I'll fight kids." He's like, "Yeah, we're all going to." I was like, "I just wanted to be clear. I'm prepared to fight <laughs> children." <laughs> so I thought that would also get me prepared for you, um. Because mm. of their their energy and emotional levels, mm-hmm. it's like you know when you play with a puppy, sort of. Mm-hmm. That's your jujitsu, very puppy like. Mm-hmm. Your basset hound puppy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like things that throw you off. You're like, is that a compliment? I don't know where nope. we are. I mean, I, I, I know what you're trying list. to do. I've got a whole uh, arrested development list. What a podcast. Mm. This has been. What have you been doing training-wise? What have you been doing over at the JJ Club? Uh, it's been a lot of similarities, I guess, to what it is you're doing because I ask people, I'm like, hey, guys, can everybody get a little taller, uh, make less argumentative sense, 
Um, and then I, I look at them and I say, hey, you get easily distracted too because um, those are, I think, the big moments. Whenever you're looking at Kevin Roll, uh, he's definitely like he's focused, he's in. But then like if you get like a shiny object somewhere in like the facility in which you're rolling in, those are the moments that Kevin goes, oh, bye. Just mentally takes a vacation. You go, oh, well, I mean, good pass for me. That's great. It's not like a taco truck outside. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only one that saw that? Okay. And then I also, I've told people, I'm like, all right, guys, at Elevation, I'm going to be training there. So if we could raise part of uh, the mats a little bit higher, that'd be very helpful. Uh, Kind of train it at incline. And, uh, yeah, you know, at some point they, um, they just like shortened my breath and I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to wear one of those training masks and then I'll go from there. Anybody who knows me knows that's not true. I was going to say, I was like, he's 100% not doing that. Don't worry, everybody. Uh, I would like to, as we roll into shout outs, I'll mm-hmm. start. Uh, Vincent Charles in the comment section of the meme just tagged his bro at, at Russell McDorman and just said, I feel you, bro. So I, think that's a, I think that's a positive one. Uh, so that's, that's nice. There's also Ant the Wizard said WWE for the win, uh, which is a great just to troll the people that were like trying to politically correct the meme. That was uh, I really enjoyed the goaders um, having some great jujitsu over at jubera these last few weeks um shout out to steve from nogi uh giving him the friday shout out it was one blue belt and three purple belts which is always like you kind of feel for them <laughs> when we're all kind of like thank god mm-hmm. uh and two of us are like much taller that's annoying one's like six eight it's never fun nope uh so i don't roll with anybody that tall like if they are a <laughs> I have full- a rule foot taller than me what's the point did you ever see that video of the first person i fought yes oh my god he was so tall it's really that's that's the oh what a hard thing for kevin so tall he was like six seven i'm not six seven i'm not whatever you know what if you hit over six then you know what you've dug your own grave that's fair that's my feeling (laughs) it's not completely unfair um, Will Keith, Professor Jubera, Jubera fought last week. It's always fun to watch that. Um, at Nogi Worlds, super competitive matches. I was glad somebody was paying attention that knew what was going on. Keith was during his first match because it finished. I was like, what was that? So, uh, always positive signs. Everybody's focused for some competitions coming up, and you know it's starting to get cold out but you can't ski yet so what else are you gonna do out in the denver broomfield area you're just gonna train jiu-jitsu it's going well that's uh that's it for me Ref. let's go ahead and do some shout outs to what excuse me hold on i and i'll post about this in a follow-up because i (laughs) should have a week ago team money black Mm. belt we gave him a shout out last week I just want to underline that I've been thinking about it more and I'm still pretty nervous to train with those a-holes again Thanksgiving. Um, So this is a pre-shout out to them that I was already instinctively nervous about after your visit training with them. So let's make that our goal. 
Okay. Does that work? What's what's the goal of it? To get me ready. I does they deserve some payback for what they did to me last time I was there. Right? There's nothing you can do to them though. But okay, well I guess thank you then. Very helpful. You know what? Do your shout outs. Thank you. I will. And I listen, Kev, I, I talk to you on a real level. Like I would say the exact same thing to you in a ring or by the octagon side and say things like, Kev, you have no business fighting here. I'm gonna throw in the towel. And you'd be like, Oh God, thank you. I thought nobody would. Huh. <laughs> Because I'm a true friend, Kev. I, I tell you the hard things you need to hear. That's why I, I don't know that people understand this because we've had people say like, oh, man, when you and Kevin roll, I want to see Facebook live that shit. Let's see that. And I was like, I guarantee you it is too boring to consume for the Internet. You're going to get roles, five seconds in and be like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> And the nice part is, is I go and I tell you the reason why is because Kevin and I are very yin and yang. We are very well matched up for one another to other people. That's not the case (laughs) to other people. We are super boring and it doesn't make any sense, but for our own little world. Yeah, great. It's a great little rivalry, but to anybody else watching, it's going to be like, so is anything significant going to happen here? No, you can leave and come back. We'll still be in the same spots. It's fine. (laughs) We wore our nice skis. <laughs> <laughs> we look great. We'll be good for the photo. So that's really all that matters. Um, anyway, yes, obviously, big, big, big congratulations to T-Money. Uh, Travis Connolly, a big friend of the podcast, uh, influencing both Kevin's games and uh, my own uh, when he has come out here and uh, been a great help. So I speak on behalf of the Cali people. Kevin can speak on behalf of all of the people that he has grown up with and all of the many beatings he's taken. I've only taken a few from Travis, so can't really compare that. Brutal. They are the worst. But, um, you know, I'll give you some, like, cheat material that you can do. So maybe there's that. Uh, Let's go ahead and start by saying Valley Martial Arts Center. So fucking good. Um, Woo! Ooh, Kev, I have some news, and I don't know that I am at liberty to discuss this, but, oh, this is great. I just got this right now. We may have some very good news for our friend Eric Medina. I will tell Kevin off air. Hopefully by this time next week on our 200th episode, we will will share this with you guys. But, uh, woo, this is some some great news, my friend. So, uh, shout out to our good friends, obviously, at... Uh, Valley Martial Arts Center. Um, I want to thank in particular Jules Telfa, who invited me over to go train with him and uh, has been fantastic. Just such good training. So uh, shout out to him. And uh, the Eric Medina drop in is shout out to the Jiu Jitsu Club, who has been doing their best to help me get ready for Kev and uh, have been crushing it. Those guys are such, such great roles in training. And uh, let's say this, Kev. Let's do this because we did this last week and I think it was important that if you say one thing one week and then things turn out a certain way, it's important to say these things. But let's just do it. Let's just let's say what we need to say. Okay, I'm surprised Chris Weidman lost. I'm I'm not sure that's what we were going to discuss. Oh, the the. The Some worst that one. the electoral college vote decided Donald <laughs> Trump would be president for the next four years. Can I reveal to you? I really was hoping I could like retire the Donald Trump impression for a little while. Like I was really hoping, like, ooh, can go away for a little bit and I could take a breather. Won't Not so much the case anymore. anymore. 
So, um, you know, we don't know what you guys are, where you are on any of this. Some of you may be tired of it. Some of you may not have voted. Some of you may have voted and cared and not cared when we discuss things. Some of you may share our paradigms. Uh, you know, we hear a lot of rhetoric going on on all sides. It's very bad. It's very uh, angry and there's a lot of vitriol to it. So while Kevin and I are the type of people who are like, no, protesters aren't fucking whiny babies. They, you know, want to send a message and, and there's nothing wrong with being peaceful about it. But also, hey, dicks, could you not like burn shit? Because that really undermines the whole process as well. So we're not crazies. We obviously uh, did not want the election to go a certain way. Some of you may feel differently, but I'll tell you guys this. The nice thing about what we do in jiu-jitsu is, is that we go, we train, we understand what that is. We had somebody, uh, a friend of mine, who compared it to a fight. And political campaigns are not exactly fights because they don't just shake hands at the end of it. There is rhetoric that involves individuals and people, and it has consequences. But there is one consequence that you can change. And if that is one that we would suggest for you guys, it's to be kind of cool to each other. You can do whatever the fuck you want, say whatever you want, believe whatever you want. But it's so important and vital that you treat your individuals and friends like friends. On this podcast, I treat Kevin like shit. But... I don't actually treat him like shit because he's a good person. So if we can get along, I think there's good things to say. And Kev, I have one true sign that'll say, if this happened, it can happen to anybody. Do you know what that sign is, Kev? What? At the end of the press conference, Dana White thanked the media for helping promote UFC. Holy shit. And if Dana White can thank the media, there is truly hope for America to come together. Granted, as our good friend Derek Bowie put it so succinctly, Dana added, don't piss me off. And he did say that at the end. But I guess the larger point we're going at here is this, guys. Rhetoric has consequences, but so does being a dick. So control what you can control and uh, be good to people because whatever's happening, here's the thing. We're all stuck with whatever it is. And yes, we all are America. So uh, that will end I guess what I'm saying to you guys, and uh, if you're ever looking for political discussion, you're more than welcome to write it somewhere where I'll never read it because I'm just – I don't care. I, I I don't care. But if you have something interesting to say about Chris Weidman and something hilarious to say about the way he got knocked out, send that shit to me because that shit is hilarious even though we love Chris Weidman. End of rant. That's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night, and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, rap. I read that they're about to release like sex robots. That's really all we need to do. I knew my sex robot stock would come in handy one day. Okay.